Hello and welcome to the Marysville Church of Christ podcast. This is Heritage, and my name is Bishop. I'll be your host today. Last week, we talked about a man and his school that would forever change the course of Christian history. A fascinating turn of events considering this man and this school, despite having educated many of the early church leaders, never actually believed in Christ. Of the most notable of his students, we talked about two individuals, a poor kid with a chip on his shoulder, small, feeble, named Paul, Saul at the time, traveling from the land of Tarsus. This kid constantly needed to prove his worth and his value, and he wouldn't stop at anything, picking fights with anyone, to show that he was the best. In contrast to that, this man Saul's best friend in school was a guy by the name of Joseph. Now, Joseph was everything Paul wasn't. He wasn't as fiery. He was tall and handsome. He was rich and wealthy, quick-witted, and everyone seemed to just enjoy being around him. But these two remained friends during their duration of their time in Gamaliel's rabbinic school and would set them up for their life that they would take together. Now, that's a podcast for the next couple of weeks, as we'll break down both Joseph and Saul of Tarsus, and talk about how their time in Gamaliel's school shaped them, how their friendship would forge the bonds of, Christi- of the Christian movement, and how today we are so impacted and blessed by both of them. But today, in a little bit of a shorter pod, we are going to be discussing the third member of their triumvirate, the third member of their friend group, who's often overlooked and forgotten. The man that we're going to be discussing today would have been the older brother of Joseph, later Barnabas, And he himself was mentioned in the Bible a couple of different times. His name was Aristobulus. Now, Aristobulus would have been substantially older than both Saul and Barnabas. He was always considered the outcast of the three, and though everyone liked him, he was, well, I guess you could say he was just kind of always a little awkward. He never had the social skills or the charisma of his brother, nor did he really ever have the intelligence of his friend Saul. He had his own abilities and gifts, but that often led him to be considered one of the worst in the class. Later in life, Aristobulus, when reflecting back on this, would often joke about the fact that he was never quite what Saul and Barnabas were. But Aristobulus' story would radically change the direction of the Christian church. And it starts before and earlier than both Saul's and Barnabas's. In Luke chapter 10, the author Luke writes of 70 disciples who followed the early teachings of Jesus of Nazareth. These 70 disciples were the first ones to leave their homes and leave their traditions and leave their heritage and leave their faith. In Judaism, to accept Jesus as Messiah. These 70 disciples would be the first ones to perform his miracles and do his teachings, and they were the backbone of what the later church would be built upon. And Aristobulus was one of the 70. The year would have been around 31 AD. And in 31 AD, Jesus' ministry is just kind of starting to pick up traction, and he had just made one of his first trips to Jerusalem. In this time, Aristobulus a recent graduate of Gamaliel's school, would have heard the teachings of Jesus and found them radically different. 
See, Jesus' teachings, as we discussed last week, very much echoed that of Gamaliel's. The care for the poor, the love of women, the development and the, the protection of those who are sick. It was very caring, very countercultural. He didn't talk about things like politics or war or anything like that, neither did Gamaliel. Instead, focused on what he deemed more important, making sure that, I, that our hearts and the hearts of the students were always with God. And Aristobulus, known for his compassion and empathy, was so drawn to this Jesus character. We can imagine the story going something like this. One day he's hearing the crowds begin to whisper that this Jesus of Nazareth, the healer, has come. This man, Aristobulus, didn't have the fire and anger of, of Saul and didn't have the overwhelming charisma of his brother, could just slide into the crowd and follow the crowd as they make their way out of the city and up a small hill where Jesus of Nazareth and his, his own rabbinic school would have been sitting around a tree. It would have caught Aristobulus off guard of who exactly Jesus had in his rabbinic circle. I mean, you're looking at a bunch of teenagers. The youngest, later he would learn his name is John, would have been about 12 years old. The oldest, a fiery man by the name of Simon, later Peter, would have been in his late teens, 18, 19, somewhere in there. And none of them looked like rabbi students. They didn't have the right gear on. They weren't dressed the right way. They weren't very articulate. They didn't have great manners. They were eating bread by ripping it off and shoving it in their mouth until their cheeks expanded out beyond their limits. These were just people. These weren't rabbi students. You can imagine the concern as Aristobulus would have looked at Jesus of Nazareth in his rabbi school and thought to himself, this isn't right. But there was something that just kept drawing him, and he just couldn't walk away. He would have gathered and sat with everyone else, listening to him. Listening to this Jesus of Nazareth teach about loving your neighbor, putting down your arms, not getting engaged in the affairs of the world, but constantly having our mind on love. And it would have touched Aristobulus the same way Gamaliel's lessons touched him. You can also imagine the fear and the concern as the Pharisees and the Sadducees began to arrive. As they would have come in in droves, many of them his colleagues, his teachers, people he sat on the Sanhedrin with. And so quickly he would have put his hood up over his head so no one would have recognized him and he would have ducked around trying to hide from view. And he would have listened as his peers, his teachers, and his role models would have tried desperately to trip up this Jesus of Nazareth, and time and again he evaded them. When everyone else went home, Aristobulus left with his mind full of thoughts, his mind running. What does this Jesus mean? And how is this Jesus going to change everything? The next morning, he would have woken up early and he would have ran back out to listen again to the teachings of Jesus. And day after day, he would have done the same pattern until eventually he found the courage to go and meet Jesus, talk to him after one of his lessons. Sitting there around the, the tree that they would have all been sitting around, the young rabbinic students, the apostles, would have been sitting around listening to his responses, and Aristobulus and Jesus would have talked for some time until eventually Aristobulus realized that this is the Messiah of old. I wonder if Jesus gave a similar sermon to Aristobulus that he would have later given on the road to Emmaus. 
If he would have gently guided Aristobulus and his knowledge of scriptures from the beginning of time in Genesis all the way through to the present moment. I wonder if Jesus let the Holy Spirit touch Aristobulus and open up his eyes to see something that was always right before him, but that always eluded his sight. Whatever it was, Aristobulus pledged his life to Jesus in that moment and became one of the first 70. Aristobulus' life from that point on would have been devastating. What we believe from later history is that he actually, his wife and family completely denounced him. That when he went public, that there was an attempt on his life, he had to flee. And he would have hid Christian home to Christian home, running away from his past and running away from those who wished to stop his future. Eventually, he would have heard through the grapevine that his brother, Joseph, was interested in this Jesus movement, found himself caught up in it. And it would have been Aristobulus, Aristobulus who would have found his brother, Joseph. And he would have taught him everything Jesus had said. And it was Aristobulus who brought Barnabas to the church. By extension, Barnabas brought Saul. Aristobulus would travel often with Saul and Barnabas in their early ministry. But after a falling out, something we'll get to later, he actually found himself traveling with St. Andrew. And he would travel with Andrew all the way through his missionary journeys until eventually Andrew was martyred. It wouldn't have been very long, but that time with Andrew would have taught Aristobulus a lot of things. Aristobulus, while he was lacking in some of the more intellectual elements that Andrew seemed to excel at, Andrew, the consistent and constant planner, the organizer, would have passed on a lot of that to Aristobulus. And after the death of Andrew... We find that he was lost and concerned. He couldn't really travel with Saul anymore. He couldn't travel with Barnabas anymore. So he did something rather shocking. He went north. He began in Spain and traveled up to modern-day France, all along talking to and preaching the Gospels and starting church after church after church. And then one day as he was sitting along the northern edge of Europe, looking at the British Channel, he began to think to himself, there are more. And so he got on a boat and traveled into Britain, being the first man ever to preach the gospel in Britain. His time in Britain was really interesting, and he had a lot of success. A lot of the the Celts actually named a city after him, and later a British kingdom after him. There is, in fact, a modern province of Wales that is actually still named after him. And he is consistently uh, preached as the first preacher of Britain. To this day, he's actually dead and buried in Britain. His efforts to bring the gospel out of the Middle East and then out into Europe, and then eventually even into Britain, would have long-lasting ramifications. Several years later, when Britain would finally become a formally annexed, Christianity was already there. Christianity was already there because of Aristobulus. Aristobulus, later redubbed Aristobulus of Britannia, was the first man who saw past 
the the local and regional view of Christianity and believed that it could change not just Jews, not just Greeks, but the whole world. And so he brought it to the whole world. As we tell the story of our heritage, we can't forget that third student in Gamaliel's school, Aristobulus of Britannia, not as smart nor as handsome as either Saul or Barnabas, not the greatest of teachers or the deepest of thinkers, but truly profound to our story. As we think about what it is to be a Christian today, we are who we are because of the heritage that Aristobulus left us. Let's take that heritage and the message that all deserve Jesus, and let's change the world again today.